Hi, I'm Brian. And I'm Michaela. And this is Drink the Movies. A podcast where each week we try to recreate a classic movie drink and discuss the movie that inspired it. Thanks for joining us. Now let's drink the movies. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Well, hello and welcome to episode 117 of Drink the Movies. I'm Brian here as always with Michaela. And Michaela, we are working our way through the Oscar list. We are getting close. We're just a couple weeks out. And uh, last year we did something uh, you know, we talked about some Oscar movies um, and there was one in particular last year. I remember we talked about the House of Gucci. Um, it was a movie that we were really excited about. It had all of kind of this buzz. It had all of these good things going into it. And then it it got to the theaters and then it, it just was like a like a swing and a miss. Um, and I feel like this year, maybe uh, maybe there's another movie like that, because this one that we're talking about this week had all the makings of something that was great. But then it came out and uh, was kind of a dud. But you and I were super excited to talk about that one. This week's film, Empire of Light. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I I mean, when you think about it, it's got some of the greats. It's got one of the greatest movie makers, filmmakers of all time, Sam Mendes, Um he is exceptional. Um, he made 1917, which is one of the best war films probably ever done. Um, he's done a lot of really great stuff. And then, of course, the incomparable Olivia Coleman, who basically is the new Meryl Streep. I don't know if I should say that out loud, but everything she touches. Well, uh, I think Meryl Streep is still Meryl Streep, right? Well, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, you know, I mean, I, I there was that period of time where when Meryl Streep and Kate Winslet, everything they touched, they basically got nominated for, right? And I feel mm-hmm. like there's a season of of that happening for Olivia Coleman uh, until this year, because we thought for sure, looking at the previews of Empire of Light and looking at some of the the poster and the the kind of uh, materials that they'd sent out for advertisements, that this was going to be this epic, sweeping uh, love song, love story uh, around movies and and people and relationships and Mm -hmm. and then it showed up Mm -hmm. in the theater and we never really heard anything about it and then it kind of disappeared quite quickly from the theater because we didn't actually get to see this in the theater we had to stream it um and so yeah it was it was kind of strange and then it only was nominated for one oscar so that's right. Yeah, it was nominated for the one Oscar, but we're going to talk about uh, all that here as we get into the movie a little bit. Before we get into uh, the movie, Michaela, what we need to do is we need to have a cocktail that pays homage to uh, to the cinema uh, and to Empire of Light. So why don't we take a quick break and we'll be right back to whip up this week's cocktail. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So Brian, I have yes. a question. Okay. What is the most important part of a movie theater? 
Is it okay? Um, yeah, there's a, there's a lot it... to there's a lot to think about uh, in terms of a most favorite part of a movie theater. Uh, good movie. Uh, that's probably a good one. Uh, yeah, clean yeah. floors. Sometimes the floor is sticky at a movie theater. Don't love that. Uh, gotta be honest. Uh, comfortable seats. Uh, you know the recliners. That's all the rage. Love that. Uh, hard to stay awake yeah. through these uh, three hour films. I gotta say, but uh, I don't know, Michaela. The the obvious answer though is popcorn. It's gotta be popcorn. Smells good. Popcorn. Tastes good. Makes you makes you think all the movie things when you see it and smell right. it. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And back in the day, right, probably around the time we were born, okay, which is when Empire of Light was set, um, Mm -hmm. they probably had really good popcorn because they had popcorn that had real butter on it, uh, maybe. Mm. Uh, They had popcorn that might have been fresh. I I don't know. Um, I got to say, you know, one of the things about Empire of Light is almost every sweeping view of the theater itself uh, has the word popcorn in it or popcorn in like visible in the frame itself. And so I I think you're right. Um, So it Mm. only makes sense then that we make a cocktail uh, with popcorn, with a popcorn theme. That's right. Yeah. The uh, the very first shot of this film is a beautiful kind of long hold on this uh, really neat display case that has popcorn in it where you get your popcorn. It uh, seems like an inefficient way to store popcorn, if I'm being honest, but it looks great. It looks delicious and it gets you in the mood to watch a movie. So what better way uh, to do that with our cocktail than by making a popcorn old fashioned? Um, and this recipe, it comes to us from Epicurious. Um, and it is a rum-based old-fashioned, but uh, it's going to have a bit of a popcorn twist, Michaela. So check this out. So what you're going to want to do uh, is you're going to want to take, uh, according to Epicurious, you need to take a whole bottle of uh, rum. I didn't write down the kind of rum that they wanted you to put in there. Uh, it was it was like an aged rum. So what, you, what Epicurious wants you to do is they want you to take an entire bottle of aged rum, and they want you to put in an entire bag of... Uh, kind of like Jiffy Pop, uh, microwavable, uh, butter-flavored popcorn. And I said to myself, that is too much popcorn-flavored rum. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take one cup of aged rum, and I'm going to put that into roughly a third of the bag of popcorn. And you do that, and you let it set overnight. It gets all infused with this popcorny, buttery, uh, corny goodness. Uh, and then you strain it out the next morning, and you put that in the freezer, the kind of little fat globules from the from the butter uh, seasoning are going to separate the butter portion of that popcorn is going to uh, kind of you know separate and then you strain that out and you have this popcorn butter infused uh, rum now you can look at a lot of recipes and there's a lot of like fat washed uh, like bourbons and bacon washed bourbons and things like that Uh, so this is a popcorn washed uh, rum Michaela what, what do you think about that? What do you have to say about that? <laughs> so the first thought was I was really glad that you didn't ruin an entire bottle of aged rum with this recipe. Because when we looked at this recipe, we were like, you know, this is either going to be real good or it's going to be real gross. And uh, so the risk was high. The reward could have also been high. But I I, I agree with, uh, with your methodology here of only doing a cup at a time just to try it. Because if it's great, we know what we can do next. Um, yeah. It looked real gross as uh, it, you know, it congealed and you put it in the fridge or freezer and you came out uh, before you strained it. Um, did not look appetizing at all. Don't let that dissuade you from making it though, uh, because it is really easy. And once you did strain it, it had this beautiful golden color and it did actually smell like popcorn, which is mm. real mm-hmm. weird. Um, yeah. But not not like not like a uh, like a Burt's, uh, every flavor, 
you know those 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 candies from Harry Potter, those jelly beans, those ever flavored, oh right, mm-hmm. every flavor, yeah, the jelly bellies, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, they they don't. It didn't taste. It didn't smell like that tastes right. So it's a very authentic popcorn kind of flavor. Um, it's not super overpowering, but it does it does do it. It it did the job. It and then you're the gonna job, make yeah. your drink. Yeah, you're gonna put your drink together. Um, just uh, just like an old fashioned. So you're gonna take two ounces of this popcorn infused rum. Uh, you're going to add that to a glass with a big ice cube in it, a couple dashes of Angostura bitters, a couple dashes of orange bitters. And then uh, this one's calling for a half ounce of demerara syrup. Uh, demerara is just like an unrefined sugar. So you can make that in the same way you do uh, your simple syrup, or you can just use regular simple syrup or honey syrup, you know, kind of whatever sweetener you want. The demerara uh, is nice with this one though. And then uh, garnish that with an orange peel. Um, yeah. And on the nose, like you said, Michaela, this, it smells I don't know, just like freshly popped popcorn. It's really weird. It has kind of this, this sweet nuttiness to it um, mm. that I I don't know. Like I I didn't I didn't hate it and I didn't love it. It it was very novel and it tasted like some liquid popcorn in your glass. It was the weirdest thing. It was really strange. Um, I I think that you described it perfectly like i didn't love it i didn't hate it and it's very apropos to the movie probably maybe perhaps um it had this really old like this old-fashioned feel in like in your mouth except for this Mm -hmm. creaminess um with the popcorn and just this kind of buttery coating around Mm -hmm. your tongue um Which, if you don't like popcorn, you're definitely not going to like this drink. Don't even try to make it. But if popcorn is your thing and you want something that's also very reminiscent of like old timey, um, they call it an old fashioned because it's old fashioned, right? Um, I think that this is kind of a neat kind of combination of some really cool themes, which um, I'm really proud of this one that we found um, because it it does, uh, it's very representative of the movie that we are you know, talking about as well. So I liked it. Um, I didn't love it. I don't know if I would make, uh, go to the trouble of making the popcorn rum again um, because it it was a little involved. But I definitely think if you were having like an old Hollywood style movie party, mm-hmm. that this would be really yeah. cool. This would be a fun gimmicky kind of drink to do. Um, I love what we did with it in our photos, right? Where we placed it in kind of this bed of popcorn and it looks really pretty. And yeah, yeah. so it, it yeah. definitely gets the job done. Yeah, it, it felt very novel. Like I said, it would it would be fun to have. It would be fun to have like at a party uh, to kind of do it up. But I don't know, not pro- probably not going to do uh, many more popcorn infused things, but it was worth it for this. And yeah, it pairs nicely with the movie and kind of that aesthetic of this uh, very classic cinema that we're going to be uh, talking about here as we get into the story. So why don't we do this, Michaela? Let's let's take a quick break. We'll uh, we'll whip up another one of these. It's just it's microwave popcorn. It happens fast. So let's do that. And we'll be right back to chat about this week's film, Empire of Light. Spoiler warning for Empire of Light. If you've not yet seen this film directed by Sam Mendes, you should know we're going to talk about it. And uh, yeah, if you are interested in seeing it, you should press pause. You should go watch it. You should make yourself a uh, popcorn old fashioned, uh, as we've described, and uh, enjoy that while we're talking about it and all the things, all the things Empire of Light. 
That's right. And if you don't want to make a popcorn old fashioned, uh, just make yourself an old fashioned. We've uh, covered that a bunch of times on the podcast and uh, just make some popcorn. Uh, have both of those at the same time. Uh, same, same, same sort of thing. So uh, yeah, as Michaela just said, this was released uh, just this past year, 2022, written and directed by Sam Mendez. Uh, I think this is the first time he's directed something that he's uh, written. So uh, that is good news there. The stars Olivia Coleman as Hillary, our theater shift manager and Michael Ward as Stephen, who is this new hire in the theater and really the story is kind of about the two of them and their relationship and how they help each other out because they both kind of feel like outsiders here in this town uh, within kind of the confines of this movie theater and this beachside uh, town in England. And uh, it's absolutely gorgeous. And as it should be, because it was nominated for one Academy Award for Best of Cinematography. Uh, the cinematographer here, Roger Deakins. Now, you might not know that name, but maybe you should. Maybe everyone should, because Roger Deakins has 15 Academy Award nominations, uh, which has to be up there with some of the greats. Obviously, you know, John Williams has that record, I think, but I 15 is a lot. He's won two. Uh, 15, Roger Deakins. Good job. That's a lot. That's a lot. That's a lot of nominations. He's one for two, um, but he's done things like The Shawshank Redemption, Fargo, mm-hmm. Oh Brother Where Art Thou, A Beautiful Mind, Skyfall, Sicario, Blade Runner 2049, and of course, 1917. That's right. It's yeah, he got the uh, the two wins, I think, were for 1917 and uh, Blade Runner uh, 2049 and a lot of other nominations. And Michaela, when this was coming out, um, I think I saw the preview for it first and, you know, kind of sent it your way. And then we saw it together. But I'm like, this looks incredible. It looks gorgeous. It's got Olivia Coleman in it. Uh, so it's going to be a great, uh, you know, all of these things. I think we talked about it on a lobby bar, but um, I'm going to run through these right here so if you're if you're picking like your dream team for things check this out so uh written and directed by sam mendez one uh one oscar roger deakins we just brought up two oscars olivia coleman colin firth one oscar each the soundtrack is by trent Reznor and atticus ross aka nine inch nails uh they've won two oscars alexandra byrne is the costume designer uh she's won an oscar uh and then you have you know, up and coming star Michael Ward, who's won a BAFTA uh, for being, you know, a promising new star and has two other BAFTA nominations uh, under his belt already in his young career. So how could this be anything but perfect, Michaela? That's what we thought going into this thing, right? That is what we thought. And we were so excited. And I feel like we blinked. It arrived to the theater uh, to show. We blinked and then it left the theater because we really wanted to see it in its grandness. And I I want to say we're going to talk a lot about the cinematography since it was it was nominated for that. But I I feel like we were expecting these really big, sweeping kind of over the top, um, much like 1917, right, where it was like all in one shot, these very long um, choreographed shots. I was expecting something like that. Um, And the previews do such a great job of showing kind of this magnitude of scope with fireworks and uh, the ocean and this really beautiful theater. And it was like, ah, this is going to be amazing. And then it left the theater. We didn't get to see it. And then there was like nothing else. We didn't hear much about it at all. Um, It did show up on the nominated list, which was great. Um, But it wasn't until then where you and I revisited it and said, well, we should we should figure out how to watch it. Um, So that's what we did. And we thought it would be good to talk about. That's right. Yeah, we uh, we still wanted to still wanted to watch it despite the uh, blink and you'll miss it kind of presence it had in the movie theater. And then obviously getting the Oscar nomination, wanted to check it out and wanted wanted to see, you know, if Olivia Coleman's in something, uh, we definitely want to see it and and check that out. So let's talk about her and her character a little bit. She's playing Hillary. She is the uh, kind of the on duty manager of this uh, movie theater. 
Shane and, you know, we kind of get introduced to, to her and, and her story and, you know, kind of, kind of the inner workings of this theater, who's, you know, the theater is almost kind of this character in and of itself, but, uh, you know, kind of some of the things that we learn about her, she's running a tight ship, seems that they have a very good kind of camaraderie, uh, there within the team here at this, uh, Empire, uh, cinema, uh, kind of place but i don't know you you get some kind of emotional depth to hillary you think that maybe something is a little amiss she kind of seems a little bit on the outside of this group um even though they're all getting getting along together she doesn't seem to laugh and joke with the rest of the the crew the same kind of way and we learn a little bit about that as we're kind of accompanying uh hillary on this journey kind of in and out of the movie theater um at home and then also uh visiting her doctor Right. Um, I love that they have her character kind of unfold before us. We, um, you know, in a lot of these sort of character studies, uh, sometimes we get background before we're kind of dived into the middle of the story and that did not happen here. And I kind of like that um, mm. because you see her and you don't really know why you're immediately curious about why she it has, you know, this idea of holding people at kind of arm's length. And while she's part of the group uh, that seems to chat and laugh and get along, um, she definitely isn't kind of the central, you know, pillar of this group, even though she's the duty manager at this Empire Cinema. Um her doctor, uh, her, the scene where she meets her doctor for the, well, for one of the times, uh, they kind of go over her medication. Um, she is suffering from what they called in the 80s, a manic depressive disorder, it looks like, and they've prescribed her lithium, um, which is supposed to really help. Uh, but she does ask the doctor about it because it makes her feel, she says, a little numb. Um, so, uh, and he says, oh, you know, it's no big deal. <laughs> That's just, you know, your body's getting used to it. That's very normal. Um, and so she, she doesn't seem to really like it. There are some scenes where she's by herself in her, in her, uh, flat, um, which is, uh, on the North coast of Kent, England. And she's, you know, kind of taking a bath and just sitting there and not really, she doesn't have music on. She's not watching TV. She's just very, uh, silent within herself and in her space and doesn't seem real happy about that. That doesn't seem to be like her happy, her happy place. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, um, so we see that that happened and then um, her relationships with her coworkers is really uh, uh, kind of an integral part. I think of her character as we look, um, she has this boss, Donald Ellis. He is the, he's kind of the owner of the theater and he's played uh, really well, beautifully done by Colin Firth. Um, mm. And there's I, I you don't see the beginning of this kind of extramarital relationship uh between Ellis and Hillary, but they definitely have some weird interludes in his office. He routinely will say, Hey, can you come up for 10 minutes? And uh we're gonna talk about something. And what that really means is uh can you come up for an interlude? And she seems okay with it, so it seems consensual, but it still feels really gross and nasty and just not. It's obvious that he's not like into her emotionally. He's just using mm -hmm. her. Right. And she doesn't seem to be really into him either, but she doesn't um, really know how to handle that. Um, mm -hmm. And so that relationship is really strange. Um, and, and that's when we kind of meet this new employee and that kind of changes the entire dynamic of Hillary's life. Yeah, exactly. And I really like kind of, this section is we're getting to learn a little bit more about Hillary. Um, she kind of has this, I don't know, like detached melancholy, uh, you know, kind of, uh, persona, um, not, not persona, I guess she has kind of this melancholy, um, 
you know, kind of presence about her that, you know, Olivia Coleman captures really well. And then it's captured on film really well. Um, you know, here as we're seeing kind of these, these shots that just hold on her. Um, you know, there's one in particular where she's like sitting and she's just putting on these boots and it just kind of, it kind of lingers and she takes her time with it. And you just, yeah, you just get the feeling that, you know, something is, is not all right with Hillary. Um, and, you know, we're, we're seeing a little bit of that here kind of uh, to get us started, but let's talk about kind of this other um, aspect that we get here in the first section. And that is the theater itself. Um, it is this uh, kind of old theater. I don't know. It is probably, I don't know, from the fifties or sixties, this is set in the, in the eighties. So some of the theater has fallen into disrepair, but the parts of it that have not fallen into disrepair are just absolutely gorgeous. There are these uh, kind of gold trimmed doors uh, in the front that lead up th to this candy counter. And then uh, all these big, uh, huge sweeping, uh, you know, uh, uh, movie rooms, right? Your, uh, your yeah. theaters there, a couple of them there. I, I assume that this is a real place that is somewhere. And if you, that is your local theater, then uh, that's pretty, pretty fantastic. But, but like I said, it's fallen into some disrepairs. So this theater um, is kind of like, uh, you know, a real parallel to to Hillary, yeah. right? Has its highs, uh, has its lows, um, but it's beautiful, and you know it still has kind of a place in the in the workings of this town, and you know her within this theater. Yeah, I love the the scenes, uh, and I know we're going to talk about the cinematography of it, um, where she they show Hillary going in and take and opening up the theater. So there are these. Uh, there's a lot of popcorn scenes. I will just say that make my stomach growl. Um, but there are <laughs> these really beautiful scoping. Really, the attention to detail is amazing. Where she'll even go and um, turn on the heat and lay out slippers for the owner to come in. Um, she, you know, she's cleaning the windows and making sure that all of the counters look really beautiful. Um, and when she meets Stephen, um, he is just very curious. And he wants to see um, kind of the area of the theater that's not um, normally used. And uh, this was actually a, a, an actual theater. It's called the Dreamland Margate. And the signage was changed to Empire Cinema. So it's a real place, um, which is pretty, pretty cool. Um, it, and it has like a like a restaurant kind of club area as well as two other theaters. And it's all like that 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 scene where she shows him these places in this old theater that's cut off from the rest of the world that you never see if you're a normal kind of customer just going in and, and watching movies. It's so cool because I, you know, if you believe that rooms and buildings have souls, you really see that the soul of the, of the space is not what everybody sees at all, but this other area completely. And there's birds. And um, of course there's this really, great moment between uh, Stephen and Hillary where Stephen sees that a bird's broken its wing and wants to help it. Um, and, but in order to help it, it has to kind of bind the bird and make sure that it's the, the bone is set so that when it heals, it can run off and fly. And that's very metaphorical for what's, what ends up happening in the relationship. Mm -hmm. um, yep. And it's just really a be beautifully done in the story, maybe a little too formulaic, um, Maybe some of those things are overused as far as these foreshadowings and uh, metaphors. But um, that being said, the shots around the theater, the theater is kind of its own character, I think, in this mm -hmm. story. Yeah, absolutely. It's serving as kind of the background and, um, 
like you said, a, a kind of crucial part of the story is, you know, most of this is going to take place within the confines of the theater and uh, really getting into, you know, how the theater works and how that plays on these characters. So, um, yeah, you mentioned uh, Stephen uh, coming in. So Stephen is played by uh, Michael Ward. Uh, he is a young black man in this uh, town of uh, very small people and very small minded people. So in a way, he um, is coming in and feels very much like an outsider. Um, and I think that that is kind of what really sets off the relationship uh, between him and Hillary, who also kind of feels um, maybe not necessarily like an outsider, but, um, you know, has has kind of this disconnect with the way that she's able to uh, communicate with people. So they really have sort of this sort of like fast uh, kind of bonding uh, there between between the two of them as, you know, he's coming in to work at the theater and she's showing him uh, kind of the parts of the theater that are in uh, disrepair. And it's very metaphorical kind of for for the pair of these these two and uh you see kind of that that friendship uh kind of blossom into i, I don't know it's 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 a love story uh for, for sure and we get to see you know kind of those intimate moments between um hillary and steven um but i i don't know it's it's really a relationship i think at least the way that i saw it was you know kind of kind of two pieces that didn't feel like they belonged in the place that they were um, really, we're coming together to to sort of create some sort of kind of whole whole sort of being, I guess, between the two of them. Right, for sure. I mean, it definitely transcends um, the physicality of uh, the relationship, right? They definitely have some physical moments that look very intense. But at the same time, um, you know, Stephen is experiencing, you know, a lot of racism, uh, He's been wanting to go to school. He's quite young. He's much younger than Hillary. We don't exactly know how old either one of them are, but there's definitely an age gap there, which can be an adjustment for anybody. Um, Hillary does not, um, be, being Caucasian, she doesn't understand some of the things that Stephen has gone through and continues to go through. And when he's actually faced with a really racist customer, uh, you know, it's 1980. So, you know, Hillary tries to calm the situation down, but doesn't stand up to the customer. Nobody really stands up to the customer. Um, and Stephen doesn't know what to do with that because, you know, these are people that are supposed to be his friends. They're supposed to be his coworkers. And it's uh, just a really tough scene to watch because you as a person want to stand up and tell this customer to get, to get out and leave. Um, but they don't know how to handle it. They don't, and they don't handle it definitely not the way that they would today. So it, it, it's, it's, that's just one example of kind of the, the challenges that these two face where they're trying to have kind of a, a, a grown up adult romantic relationship, but Hillary has her own problems. She's feeling great um, because she's newly kind of in, in, you know, emotion in lust and love with this, uh, this guy, Steven. So she quits taking her medicine um, if you've ever had anybody in your life or yourself that's taken lithium, that's not a good thing to go off it without doctor's advice, but she tells her doctor she's taking it still. And so he doesn't know. And, um, but it's, it's not helping her regulate her emotions anymore because she's not taking it. So she has this, she's having some of these really tough outbursts that Steven has no idea how to deal with or what to do with. Um, and it's, it's at the same time, they both kind of cling to each other emotionally because they have these very strong feelings. And so it's mm -hmm. a really beautiful look at a relationship that's, you know, very hardly workable in kind of a real world due to their age differences, due to their um, 
do their cultural backgrounds. They have a lot of challenges, but they still kind of cling to each other and want to help each other and, and know, um, and deeply feel like they have a, a deep understanding of each other during all of this, uh, all of these times. Yeah, absolutely. One of the things that Stephen really wants to do is he wants to go off and uh, study at university to uh, learn how to be an architect. And uh, he doesn't think that he can. He'd applied to several schools and uh, wasn't able to get in. And, you know, Hillary is really kind of the driving factor and uh, getting him to uh, pursue, uh, you know, his happiness to get out of this little seaside town to go and, you know, strike out for yourself and see, you know, see what see what you can do. But you have to do that for yourself. And Hillary is kind of the driving factor there. And, you know, on the flip side of that, uh, you know, Hillary is, you know, has you know, kind of this, you know, depression uh, within herself that she's trying to regulate and, you know, can sometimes, can't sometimes, but he's uh, trying to talk to her kind of in that, in that same sort of way. Um, you know, they work at this place, uh, this beautiful, beautiful theater um, and Hillary never, never watches any of the movies. Uh, there's a couple of scenes where he's asking her, you know, what, if she liked this movie that they're showing and, uh, you know, she's talking about how she doesn't ever see any of the movies because that's, that's for the customers. That's not for, for her, but um, Steven is really kind of integral and, and saying, you know, you know, the beauty of these films that we're showing is that you can, you can go and you can be a part of this world and, you know, take yourself out of, out of this world. So in times, you know, if you're not on your medication, you're having these high highs and low lows, you can go sit in the dark for two hours and be transported away from, you know, those highs and those lows that you are, you can be a part of uh, something else, which is, you know, kind of a really, really beautiful sentiment. So, so in a way they're really important to one another, you know, both from kind of this, this physical you know, lustful relationship, like you said, Michaela, but yeah, also as almost kind of these, uh, these life preservers for each other to help mm -hmm. them kind of navigate, uh, you know, these, these rocky waters that were, you know, the 1980s and uh, the small town in England. Right. No, totally. I, I really liked that aspect of it because they were both each other's angel. Uh, uh, and I love, I love to use that term, but they both kind of were there when each other really needed it. Um, Stephen had a uh, kind of a previous relationship with a with a girl that was his age, and it was his first girlfriend, and it didn't work out. But she kind of shows up uh, during this time towards the end of the film, and and he still feels attraction to her, and he doesn't really know what to do um, uh, because Hillary and, and and Stephen are not. They know that you know that at least the physicality part of the relationship, like they they don't know how they're going to make this romance actually work. Um, mm -hmm. And Hillary is very distraught by this. Um, I really love how she tries to cover up her pain. Um, I don't love that she's in pain, but I, I, it's, it really resonated with me um, as a person. When you get your heart broken, you, you know, she smiles and she's like, "Oh, Stephen, it's fine. Yeah, I don't think it's a good idea that we do this anymore." And then she goes home and she shuts the door and crumbles to the floor in like abject just agony over this you can really feel like her heart is breaking and she you know she's not been taking her meds which had been working and she is really not well and so she's not going to work and of course Stephen, you know he cares about her deeply so he's trying to help her and it ends up where the um uh uh, the, the kind of police and a social worker kind of raids her flat and she's um you know, take it away um, to go and, and get help. She had 
been in a psychiatric hospital the previous year. So she, they take her back and um, get her the help that she needs. And he is there, but he's never judgmental. He doesn't ever look at her like she's, you know, uh, anything other than, than his friend and, and someone he cares about and loves. And that's also really lovely to see. Um, It's just, that part of the that part of the movie I thought was absolutely brilliant and perfect um, in and of mm-hmm. itself. It just really showed this. I don't know how to explain it because you're right. It, they're not <laughs> they're not they're not lovers, although they are lovers, um, or at least for a time. And they're not friends. They're so much more than that. Um, I I don't. It's it's hard that space. I I don't know what to call that. Yeah, and that's kind of the takeaway that um that steven's mother has uh later in the film you mentioned you know kind of these social workers were coming in and uh taking hillary off to to get some help to uh be committed i guess basically to to get to get her the, you know the help that that she needed you know whether she could you know kind of confront that or not and steven's there to to kind of witness this so they have kind of these extended periods apart from each other then uh when hillary is in the the hospital here and then later on um you know we'd mentioned you know sort of kind of this uh this racism uh racist undertones uh coming through is uh there's some big i don't know riot from the the national front which is a you know far right uh, group in uh england uh there who came in and uh you know break into the theater and beat Stephen and send him to the hospital for uh you know several weeks so they have kind of these prolonged absences uh from each other but um one of the things here that um I'm, I'm circling back to uh, Stephen's mother uh here i'm getting to that i promise but you know as hillary's kind of you know adjusting to life um, you know, kind of without Stephen, it seems like she's she's doing much better. She's you know invited back to the theater to uh, you know get her job back and things like that. She's kind of adjusting uh, back into life. And one of the things that she realizes is that you know she needs to you know be a good friend uh, to Stephen and and go see him at the hospital. There is you know on the uh, recommendation of uh, some of the colleagues there at the at the theater, and she does that. And she has you know kind of these interactions uh, with his mother. Um, and you know his mother says it you know, kind of in the same way that, that we're seeing it. Right. Um, you know, she says, I don't know, I don't know what you are to Steven. Um, I don't know what kind of relationship you have and, you know, really that that's fine. That's for That's for the two of you to, to know about. It's not for me to know about, but I know that you're very important to him. Um, and you know, so therefore that's important to me. Um, and I think that is kind of the, the resounding sentiment that we're supposed to feel about the relationship is it's not, it's not something that we're, meant to define or meant to, you know, really kind of, kind of pin down. It was, it was just the fact that their relationship was important to each other. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And Stephen, um, after getting released from the hospital, he, uh, he and uh, Hillary meet one more time where he tells her that he actually got uh, accepted to study architecture at the university of Bristol, um, which was his dream. And she, of course, uh, you it changes her reaction is this similar to when he said they probably shouldn't uh, be together anymore. Um, But she's allowing herself to be unhappy in his presence, which I think is, is progress (laughs) as far as her um, Mm -hmm. goes where you can tell she's sad, but she's like, well, you have to go. That's so brilliant. Um, And so, you know, they, they end up saying goodbye in this really beautiful park, um, and, uh, you know, she at first tries to, again, keep him at arm's length, but then gives him a big hug and and wishes him well. And you just know that this is 
um, going to be a defining relationship for both of them moving forward, even though it's not uh, going to continue in the same way. Um, mm-hmm. You just have a feeling that no matter what, you know, Stephen is going to go to school and he's going to, um, you know, maybe go be an architect and build great buildings. And he's always going to remember this person who helped him uh, and then let him go just like they did with the bird. And it's just mm-hmm. really beautiful. And then the same, same instance, Hillary is doing kind of her own quote unquote work within herself um, and, and kind of really focusing on being content in this next chapter of her life and really uh, building uh, maybe more meaningful connections with her coworkers um, one of my favorite scenes is uh, when um, he is uh, when Hillary is talking to Norman, who is the projector runner uh, played by the amazing uh, Toby Jones. And mm-hmm. she had never asked anything about anybody's life. She kind of would overhear things. They talked about they they kind of allude to this a lot in in different scenes. But he lets her know that he has a son who is now 22 that he left when he was eight and he doesn't even really remember why. And, um, and so, you know, she's really starting to build very real connections to the people around her and letting them in and and asking them and uh, to be part more meaningful parts of their lives, which is really good. Um, Cause especially when, you know, dealing with some of the issues and mental and emotional health issues that she was dealing with. It's so important that you have people around you that, that you can count on and that can count on you. I mean, that's important. So um, I love the scene where she finally asks uh, Norman to uh, go into the back of the theater and put a movie on for her. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing because while we're watching this, uh, I'm like, what movie is he going to (laughs) pick? What movie is he going to pick? Because it's, it's supposed, it's Kent in 1980. (laughs) There's, I don't know how many. I mean, and and this is back in the day where they would store some movies, but for mm-hmm. many of them, um, they couldn't do that. So, uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, he uh, he ends up screaming, uh, being there uh, for her to watch, and uh, yeah, it's beautiful. And all of the stuff, um, you know, we didn't talk too much about the character Norman, um, you know, played by Toby Jones, as you just mentioned, but uh, has really some of kind of the the neatest kind of interactions uh, with the two characters, right? He's up, you know, kind of showing uh, Stephen how, you know, how these gigantic machines uh, that uh, use a little sparked beam of light to, uh, you know, project these films out and just the way that he's talking about them and um, how important it is and, you know, how like artistic the act of being a a movie projectionist uh was and how beautiful that is and then yeah to ultimately then uh be able to screen this film for hillary who um like we mentioned you know wasn't uh watching these movies but steven really kind of pushed her in that direction um to you know to watch it to to let it serve as a release to let it uh you know be something that is that is therapeutic uh to you and i i think that that is uh really kind of a beautiful sentiment and and then yeah obviously the uh the bird there was a uh symbolic of their relationship as uh you know they're able to uh sort of bandage uh one another up so to speak until they're both healed enough to go back out into the world and and be on their way and uh that's pretty beautiful a uh, little metaphor and that's kind of where it ends right steven steven is off to uh uni to study to be an architect uh to be best architect of all time no doubt and uh hillary is there left at the uh, Empire uh, Cinema to uh, 
to live her life to uh, hopefully uh, sprout out now and, uh, you know, have more uh, friendships and, um, you know, make the most of her life there. Um, and that is Empire of Light, uh, you know, more or less. We didn't... <laughs> This, this was a tricky one, I think, to, to talk about, Michaela, because it's really just kind of the sentiment uh, look at a relationship. There's not big, you know, story story beats necessarily. They're all kind of, you know, just, you know, emblematic of the relationship that they're that they're sprouting. And, you know, it's it's really a lot of these little kind of beautiful, intimate moments and tumultuous moments and and things like that. But it is really kind of compelling story um, for me. And I and I like I liked it quite a bit, I have to say. I un I understand kind of the you know, the in and out of the, of the theater with it. But what did you think? We were very excited about um, this movie and, and watching it. We wanted to cover it here for the, for the podcast, but what were your kind of initial impressions, I guess, after you, uh, after you turned this one off, after, after the movie projector uh, went, went blank, what did, what did you think? I was surprised um, because I was expecting, I'm not sure what I was expecting. I try to go into these with very little knowledge of the plot other than what's presented on like a preview. Um, the more I think about it, the more I like it though. Mm -hmm. I, I will say I, it's, I, I don't know enough about the history of what was going on from a socioeconomic, racial, cultural perspective in that period of time in England. Um, mm -hmm. so it, it, it definitely spurned me wanting to be, to educate myself on what that was like. Um, I think I think it was beautiful and I I'm so glad that it did get the nod for the cinematography because the shots are gorgeous. And mm -hmm. I think that there were times where there wasn't a ton of dialogue, but you didn't need it because the cinematography is so great. And you and I, I know have talked about, you know, if, if the cinematography is amazing, you know, the script is helpful, but you don't necessarily need it to at least get an idea of what's happening. I definitely mm -hmm. feel like that's the case. I, I really loved this. Um, I'm a romantic, so I love stories about people that love each other in a very, in, in kind of strange ways, or maybe um, not forbidden. Cause that makes the sound uh, illicit. And it wasn't, right, I, sure. I think you're right. I, I, but I love ideas of people finding this soul binding that perhaps isn't uh, rom it's romantic. It's more than friends, but it's less than where it's like a soulmate situation. Um, yeah. But it's hard to define. And the fact that it's in this gray area and yet you're still rooting for them. Like, I really, I love that. I, and I think that they did that so well. Um, I, I, I really liked this film. Um, and when it first shut it off, I mean, of course I was very emotional because I love Olivia Coleman's face as she's watching being there. And then of course the, the final frames of, uh, turning off the projector and shutting the door in the darkness. I mean, it's um, it's just absolutely stunning. And it makes us think about why we go to see movies and, you mm -hmm. know, we go to learn things, perhaps we go to be entertained, we go to be taken out of ourselves. And I definitely know that in my own, you know, mental, when I'm having a mental health issue <laughs> of my own, I love to disappear into a movie. Um Sometimes we we have to be really careful <laughs> with how we do that. Um, but I love that this this really was a, a love letter to the theater, not just not films, but the theater mm -hmm. itself. Right. Um, and and all of that, the 
the reasons why people still keep going. I mean, we've been through a pandemic and I know that there are movie theaters that are still um, really struggling, um, but I'm going to believe that people are still going to visit them and want to do that um, for some of the reasons that are shown in this movie. So, yeah, it's um, yeah, it's it's kind of strange. I mean, um, you know, just looking at the at the films that come out that came out this year, there were, um, you know, kind of kind of both of those themes. Right. So you have something like the the Fablemans, which is uh, by all accounts, kind of this cathartic look from Steven Spielberg about what, you know, making movies means to him. This feels very much to me like uh, kind of a, a cathartic look and Sam Mendes of what watching movies uh, means to him. And I think that that is, is pretty special. And, you know, we talked about this, the cinematography, this, you know, Roger Deakins, the cinematographer, this, uh, it looks unbelievable. Um, you know, kind of that key shot obviously is the, the new year's Eve celebration when they're up on the roof and you just have these fireworks going out, you know, from the, the top of this building. But, you know, it's a lot of, you know, just simple stuff that's just staggering looking kind of this abandoned, uh, restaurant within this theater, this restaurant and ballroom kind of thing. And it's just this wide angle shots of all of these empty, um, you know, kind of broken down uh, seats that they're, you know, they're having, you know, some of these more intimate moments uh, and just, it looks absolutely incredible. And then, you know, the acting is fantastic of, of course, right. Uh, Olivia Coleman, fantastic. Michael Ward is fantastic. Um, Toby Jones is unbelievable. Uh, maybe in a different year should have been nominated for, uh, supporting actor he was really excellent uh, Colin Firth mm. of course is is excellent everyone was was so good in it um I think I think maybe it's kind of the disconnect for people is I think that this tried to tackle maybe too many things right it was there was you know you had your mental health aspect you had your uh the racism aspect you had um you know the aspect of this movie theater and and what that meant symbolically you had um you know, kind of this this cultural shift that's happening um, in the 1980s. So maybe it's, it just tried to it bit off a little bit more than it could chew. Maybe if it would have stripped down a little bit of of those themes, um, you know, you know, having kind of this uh, big age gap in a relationship, you know, all of these things. And I think maybe, mm -hmm. you know, everyone watching it is coming from their own angle at their own life. So you say, oh, maybe I would have liked to see, you know, the mental health aspect explored a little bit more. Maybe I would have liked to see this relationship explored a little bit more. So I think maybe just on that level, maybe it just was a, a little bit of a, a swing and a miss. Just like I said, it had too many threads going at once to to tie up tidally. Maybe I don't I don't know, but I really like this, too. I thought that it was that was good. And it's definitely kind of grown on me, um, you know, similar to you, Michaela, and the way that I feel about it after having seen it and sat with it uh, for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're probably right. I mean, it it wasn't as varied and scattered as some of the other films that we've seen in the last couple of years that, you know, we thought would, would, would end up being amazing and kind of weren't mm -hmm. <laughs> right. Or, or weren't right. as well, um, at, you know, didn't get tons of accolades that we thought for sure were, were going to happen. Those surprises. I think maybe you're right about that because it touches on all those things a, a little bit. Um, and that's, and kind of like life, you know, your life isn't necessarily one or two big things. It's a bunch of things that kind of make a fabric of, of it, but it is hard for us as viewers to pay attention to all of that and care about all of that. Mm -hmm. And so there are a couple things where you don't quite know where that's certain scenes or the decisions around, um, in, you know, leaving certain scenes in versus taking scenes out. That's always really tough. I think, um, when I, I could never be a director because I would want every single one of those fabrics uh, or pieces of fabric that are woven together to be full on stories. And you just can't do that unless you have these four hour films, which we've said 
we don't need to be doing that anymore, people. Okay. All right. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, no more four hour films for the love of everything. But um, so I, I think maybe that, 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 that's a really good uh, critique about what it does. I mean, they're looking at some of the um, critiques of, of people who do this for a living. Um, you know, they say that this is not a great film, but Olivia Coleman's amazing. Um, I, I think it is. a I think it is a great film. I think it depends it's very subjective, but it really also depends on what you're going to get out of it. Um, mm -hmm. And I think if you focus on the relationship aspect, uh, you're you're not going to be disappointed. If what you're looking for is any of those other things you mentioned, you might be left wanting more. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. Couldn't agree more. So that is uh, Empire of Light. Uh, it was it was a good watch. It's well worth watching. Uh, you can stream that at home now. So uh Give that a watch and let us know what your thoughts are. And if you decide to make a popcorn old fashioned, uh, give that a try and let us know what you think about that too. Send us pictures and uh, feedback and what you thought about the film, all that stuff on our social media. It's at Drink the Movies on Instagram, Twitter, and Hive and Facebook.com slash Drink the Movies. If you want to see pictures of our popcorn old fashioned, uh, you can do that on the website. It's www.drinkthemovies.com. And that is where our Oscar prize uh, pool is going to be going. So you want to make sure you check out the website and get entered uh, there. Hopefully, that will be up by the time you're listening to this. If not, uh, keep your eyes on the social media because we will let you know we're getting the prize package uh, put together as we speak. And if you want a little bit more Oscar content over on our Patreon, we're doing some mini episodes about all of the Best Picture nominees. Uh, that is patreon.com slash drink the movies. It's a great way to support the podcast and get some bonus content over there and uh, follow along with us on Discord. We're chatting all this stuff all the time. And You know, Michaela, uh, you know, we had some popcorn, which is delicious. Uh, popcorn might be the best thing in the whole world but you know the second best thing is leaving a five-star review for your favorite podcast where can people get subscribed and do that uh, if you want to do that you can do that on apple podcasts spotify stitcher good pods anywhere where anchor podcasts are distributed um we would really love it if you subscribed if you're liking what you're hearing um you can leave us a five-star review that would be really awesome because the more people we get to in on this uh, love for cocktails and movies alike uh, the better right the share the love share the love with all the people so there you go absolutely absolutely so Michaela we just finished Empire of Light it left us with some thinking to do it might be a little bit too much thinking uh, for the pair of us so you know what we're going to do is we're going to go see Ant-Man and the Wasp and the Quantumania that will leave no thinking uh, I doubt hardly so we're going to do that that's what you got coming next week so we hope you join us catch us in the lobby bar catch us in the next episode and we'll see you next time on drink, drink the movies the movies I don't remember any quotes it's beautiful though go watch it